Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louie. We need to Louis. talk to someone about Louie. <laughs> Today's episode of Got to Be Done is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains and the Wurundjeri lands of the Kulin Nation in Melbourne. We pay our respects to elders past and present and any First Nations people who are listening and loving Bluey. Mary Bolling, hello. Kate! <laughs> Is this for real life? New episodes Is, are coming. Uh, There's a new Bluey album coming. Honestly, I feel like Christmas Christmas must be around the corner, like with all these <laughs> presents coming our no, way. You were saying all good things and now you're saying a terrible thing. Don't say Christmas is around the corner. <laughs> True. But I'm so excited and um, we're literally only a few days away from hearing the Bluey album come to real life. <gasps> Um, number two with Chattermax as the beautiful design art on the record, which I'm so pumped about. I feel like it's the vibe 2023 needs. Anyone in here? Chattermax! I thought I'd lost you. It really is. And leaning into the annoying things in your life is possibly <laughs> what we're doing in this recap as well. <laughs> because I feel like Chattermax and puppets, oh, unicorns is maybe unicorns. the other annoying thing in our life. <laughs> Louie. Sorry. Well, if you won't listen to me, maybe you'll listen to unicorns. How's it going, Sarah Dodgers? Why should we care? I mean, uh, I think Unicorns delivered so many classic lines that it was never just going to be a one-off, this character. Um, I am glad that Unicorns has come back. Mary, how many stars out of ten butt. are you giving this episode? There was no butt from me. Oh, but... no, just, just a hanging, hanging pause. Okay. I just feel like I'm always the one throwing the episodes under the bus lately. <laughs> so... I'm always like... Backing you up, sort of pushing hard uh, on the episode, not you. You're not under the bus. Uh, so hang on. So puppets, yay or nay? <laughs> yay. Well, uh, I feel like I should be saying nay because maybe that would be what a unicorn says. But no, yay. Absolutely yay. I loved this episode. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, unicorns, Bluey keeps chewing with her mouth open. So? <laughs> I chew with my mouth open all the time. Watch. <gasps> Did you just eat a tick from your own hair? Yep. Yeah. I appreciate it more the more I watch it, like most Bluey episodes. But, yeah, um, I don't know. It's... Uh, well, look, I think I've been pulled uh, over the line by the fact that when we spoke to Joe Brum last mm. year and he was talking about Unicorns, he just casually dropped Oh, well, because when I played Unicorns with my kids, as if, oh, everyone plays Unicorns with their kids. <laughs> and it was in the context oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. they would ask, uh, you know, they would talk to Unicorns, the puppet, and uh, be trying to tell it that it wasn't real, that it was a puppet. That um, was a really adorable story, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then does that happen in your house? Do your kids talk to toys and think they're real yes we have um so Liv 
Liv doesn't really um, get into her toys that much, but the boys, like, it's a menagerie in their bed come the evening time. Will's got, like, four favourites, but Joe, I reckon, has about 20 in his bed at any one time. Usually carries one around with him at some point during the day. In fact, like, um, my parents brought over my teddy bear and doll that were, like, my favourites in the 80s. And he's been even, like, he took, them down to the beach and gave them a picnic which I was like I know it was very sweet we made like all these like birthday cakes out of sand and every toy got like at least five birthdays and we had to sing happy birthday every time so you know people thought we were nuts but that's just where I am in life right now and probably quite accurate the the toys definitely um uh, a, a big part of the McMahon household and even like because we usually do um, like something that we call dear prayer before dinner mm-hmm. and um, the boys have been really into monster trucks lately and I've noticed more and more often that there's three or four monster trucks sitting on the table who are all doing their voices and want to be part of Dear Prayer as well. So, yeah, yeah. there's there's no separation. <laughs> yeah, they are as real as anyone else. You know what, kids? Don't listen to unicorns. What? Why not? Because you're a grub. You don't brush your teeth, you don't eat vegetables, and you don't take showers. <laughs> it is when you go down that road that suddenly it gets quite fraught because... I remember when Bomb was in two, similar, like all the teddies would get out of the cot with him, or maybe not two, maybe even younger, and need to sit down and be given a plate at breakfast. Oh. And, you know, and it started as an empty plate, but then that seemed unjust. So you had to put a blueberry on each plate and then he <laughs> would eat all the blueberries. But then also once parents are giving toys voices, there's like consistency expected in the toys' voices. Yes. And that, oh, and just why? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been very sternly told on many occasions that's not what they sound like. And personality oh, no. as well. Like, Cass is very big on having one toy that's kind of the baddie. But then we'll have a narrative that, oh, but no, they're a goodie now and I have to keep up with, like, the character arcs <laughs> where these toys are at on their journey. And how's that going for you, Mary? Like, do you yeah. – how, how often do you get the tone right? Like, do you have everyone's <laughs> character down pat or do you – Well, I think I've I've handballed the, to the kids doing the toys' voices now. Oh, but no, yeah. so <laughs> as I react to the toys, I'm meant to know whether they're – on the goody side or the baddie side. And yeah, it's it's quite complicated. <laughs> so yeah, perhaps perhaps just one single unicorn and having to be across the catchphrases is a better way forward. But that's why we like him. He doesn't care that he's a grub. I'm happy with who I am. Why should I change? Yeah, and <laughs> I mean he really does have um a way about him, doesn't he? So I mean I think there were so many lines of gold delivered in the first episode, Unicorn. Yes. That it was always going to be a tough challenge to live up to delivering similar zingers um, in this episode. But, you know, like the, the return of why should we care, you know, like <laughs> early on really just delighted me, I have to say. Uh, well, I thought the very first line Unicorn delivers actually was very important 
what's up salad dodges yeah. because um i don't know if you remember this but when we went and visited ludo way back in 2019 um and we saw the very first bluey pilot which was the yes. one that they couldn't release because it was too dangerous that bandit yes. was pushing bluey on the swing and she went all the way around bandit in that episode was actually, and it's it's just sort of been leaked out in the past oh. like month or two. So I've seen it on the internet. So it is out there. Um, but Bandit is distracted while he's pushing Bluey on the swing in this pilot because he's playing a game, a bit of a, um, like a fruit ninja kind of game, but it's called Salad Dodges and you have to dodge the salad. <laughs> Push me all the way So this line of unicorses is going right back to to the deep dark origins of Bluey, which I love makes that. me think a lot about this episode makes me think it's been kind of, you know, close close to the heart from the beginning. I feel like there's a lot of um brum language in this. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's a great word, actually, salad dodges, because, you know, I've spent a long period of time trying to convince various children that, you know, that they actually like to eat vegetables. Mm. I like the term salad dodges. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd quite like to end the salad dodging, but it, it, it makes it sound more fun that our efforts are being completely ignored and downtrodden by our children. Like... <laughs> That is good. Yeah, it's like it's not the fact that salad is not available. They're just dodging it when it when it is. Yeah. Um, um, Unicorns. Um, you know, I think there's a there's a large transformative element to this episode, Mary, and I think Brene would be very proud of the personal growth that Unicorns undergoes throughout. But, you know, like most people who are going through a cycle of change, this he's starting off with a very firm, I'm happy with who I am, why should I change? <laughs> and, I mean, mm. for any parent, I think these are words – some form or another, like that's the message that gets relayed every day. Like, I don't want to do this. Why would I change? You know, I don't want to have to try. Uh, uh, true. And yeah, and and what is Unicorns not changing? It's it's uh pretty clearly laid on the line. He's a grub. <laughs> um grub is like quite a Australian word. Like I feel like that's probably maybe one of those words that we wouldn't that, that would translate. translate. Yeah, like it, it sounds more insulting on paper than I think it's meant in the Australian lexicon, perhaps. But a grub is just someone that's dirty, right? But like yeah. it's sort of like an it's, affectionate. Oh, look at you, you grub! You got food all over your face. Yeah, kind of it's, thing. it's like, not judgment. And I think we've talked about it. Was it in um, Fruit Bat? Because yes, yeah, Bandit calls Bluey a grub because she's a uh, shower resistant. Um, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I think definitely affectionate, but, yeah, need to know what the equivalents are around the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like at the start of this episode, Unicorse is more on the baddie side. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. He's definitely like the anti-hero, really, isn't he? Like he's coming in, he's loud, proud. I'm going to marry your mum. What? Stop! She's already married. And why should I kid? Giving it a red hot crack, really, um, and just revving everyone up and, and dropping one-liners like, oh, but it paves the way perfectly for his grubby anti-hero when (laughs) uh, what uh, light through yonder window breaks, like (laughs) Chili (laughs) enters the room. Morning, Blue Bears. (gasps) Who is that? Can I just say, as a a mum... Who like always never feels my best first thing in the morning. <laughs> There's something like so beautiful and aspirational mm. that, you know, just a mum regularly walking through the kitchen and saying good morning could be enough to inspire the love of uh, a potential life partner in Unicorse here <laughs> and inspire well, so much change at that hour of the morning. Is yeah. it inspiring? Is it? Is it even achievable? Because we now know that Chili is a cover girl as well because in the past couple of months she's been on the front cover of InStyle magazine here in Australia. Which, uh, so perhaps perhaps actually this is not attainable for us at all. She is just a supermodel and we've never realised it before <laughs> in the Blueyverse. But that no, was let's... an amazing moment, which we I don't think we've talked about yet, but wasn't it Costa Casa, one of the yes. art directors who who um, did that beautiful image, which is originally from the beach? Um, it's chilly sort of face down on the beach, but sort of looking off to the side. It's almost very like 1950s Vogue style, you know. yes. The pin-up girl kind of pose, and um, yeah, it's just very cool and relaxed. She's very glam. Just, yeah, she's a beach dog, just a just a regular mum that also happens to be on the front page of uh, magazines and making uh, weird grubby unicorns fall in love with her. So yeah, <laughs> very relatable. Yeah. You would care if you knew who she was married to. Yeah, he's a pretty smooth guy. Not as smooth as me. Check it. I love that she walks in and says, good morning, blue bears. What do you think that's about? Because Bingo is obviously orange. (laughs) Yeah, I wondered if that was a line for something. Is it like a bear in the big blue house thing? Like is it a catchphrase? But, yeah, no, it didn't didn't make sense to me. Perhaps it was just a bandit and then she's like, oh, the girls are here too and pluralised it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe she's, maybe it's like one of those things that she started off saying to Bandit and Bluey when they, they were there, both there and, like, younger. Oh, and yeah, Blue, true. And, then... and Bingo's just being tacked on the end. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. We love you, Bingo. <laughs> Kate, I think everyone knows that we pretty much have one source of truth uh, when it comes to help required with parenting and life in general. Um, Yes, right? Uh, Yes, and that would be bluey. Um, But, Mary, lately I have to admit I've been thinking more and more about how I'm going to support our kids, not just with their emotional stuff, because Bluey's kind of got that covered, but with, <laughs> totally covered. with the stuff that happens in the classroom, especially maths, because <laughs> let's face it, we're both journalists and journalists are terrible at maths. It's just well, a universally acknowledged <laughs> truth. I don't know. Like 
I was psyched for like, yes, we're going to get into this. But then as soon as maths came up at school, have you heard this line that, hey, maths has changed? Like if you (laughs) thought you knew maths, back away, parent, because you're not carrying the one, you're not borrowing anymore. I don't understand it. And um, we have been approached by the lovely folk at mathsonline.com.au and they seem to have some of the answers. What mathsonline.com.au offer is maths ideas presented in videos that you can pause and rewind and repeat and discuss with your kid and know what is actually said. But then plenty of ways for kids to work through worksheets and, yeah, give you the confidence that they actually know what's going on too. I like that you can learn at your own pace and that there's 24-7 unlimited access as well because uh, if you're like me and have a very curious kid that likes to ask you what's a thousand times a thousand times a thousand times a thousand in the bar and you have to try and work it out. (laughs) Um, A bit like our favourite Aussie creation as well, it has gone global. So while it's maths online.com.au in Australia. If you're in the US and thinking, oh, I'd really like my kid to be able to get some extra help with their maths, you can check out mathonline.com. So the lovely people at mathsonline.com.au have very kindly signed us up. So we've had a chance to have a look around, but they also offer a free trial for everyone uh, that you can find on the front of their website when you go and check it out. And if listeners haven't worked it out yet, we are open to all the help we can get. So thank you. <laughs> Mathsonline.com.au Check me out first. Mm-hmm. Is that chili sauce? It's sweet chili sauce. Care for a lick? I felt quite ill as uh, he offers her a lick. <laughs> oh. And it was like, she's like, is that chili sauce? And then the whole like sweet chili sauce too. Like uh, it's the creepy guy at the pub trying to hit on you really, isn't it? Like Uh, which, look, knowing, as the girls are aware, that actually it's not Unicorn saying all this, where is Bandit getting this uh, (laughs) horrifying, creepy guy at the pub content from? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you gave it a good shot. Now, I think you best be getting off. No, don't stop. I ain't going nowhere until your mum and I are together. Hey. So as well as the redemption narrative for Unicorse, I feel like there's another kind of sub-theme, philosophical, like, wrestle to be had here. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it kicks off in this next bit because, you know, Chili's rejected uh, Unicorse's first terrible advance. He's determined to pursue. Um, The girls are obviously in on the game. And Bandit says... The thing is, I do this to myself. <laughs> what a fourth wall breaking moment. And like uh, and it's just saying what we're all feeling, you know, like you know, it is it is the ultimate kind of uh 
realization of parenting that, oh, yes, that is right. I chose this. Uh, (laughs) But also it's kind of, well, does Bandit do it to himself? Is this a self-determination question? <laughs> like A bit like yeah. Unicorse. Is, is this a horror being rained down on him from outside forces? And, yeah, I, I really kind of loving where this, this goes in the episode, but it took me back to, yeah, first-year philosophy and having to read. Uh, did you, did you do this? You didn't? Oh. You did politics. I thought we were in politics together. We were. But I also did one subject of philosophy and uh, the first um, tute, uh, like the first class that I ever went to of this undergrad philosophy, uh, a very long-haired, vest-wearing teacher uh, kind of sauntered into the room holding a guitar and played The Times Are Changing unironically um, to sort of set the scene that we were all going to have our minds blown. Oh my God, it's kind <laughs> of like David Brent in the office, but it was, you know, for real life. Um, but then he made us read Sophie's World. Have you read that? Yeah, I have, but very Where? long time ago. You know what? I'm having flashbacks. Maybe I read it in uni after you and with the after I was horrified by doing it. <laughs> so it's it's a you know a kind of a philosophy 101 Kickstarter in the form of a narrative that kind of ends in a very unsatisfying for my little Catholic everything's black and white brain that was like actually. <laughs> the world's strings are just being pulled by non-benevolent forces and who knows what's going on and it all doesn't matter anyway. And I'm like, what? Wow. Uh, yeah, so I've said I like puppets, but, no, I was having flashbacks to that and, uh, yeah, the the truth is out there, but that's, that's not a very satisfying answer for me. What were all those things she said? Teeth combing and showers? Showers. Whatever. Show me how to do them. The thing is, I do this to myself. So let's let's go back to self-improvement because yes. this is an area we are much more stable ground on <laughs> the need for yes. it. Yeah. Um, okay, so the girls are prepared to get involved and apparently Unicorns is prepared to uh, change for Chile. Did you have the, um, what is it, the Team America, like, got to have a montage <laughs> team going in through your head at this stage? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely did for me. And, you know, like we see Unicorns trying to learn how to have a shower and brush his teeth and he's powering through broccoli with a picture of chili as his inspiration the whole way. Oh, particularly the the moment in the montage where he's having his hair brushed and it's just like, ow, ow, ow. It just, yeah, it was a bit too close to the bone. Like that was just exactly the sound of me ever trying to brush my children's hair. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have two unicorns in my house. Like we don't need to play this game. Like but not even just kids, right? Like, um, like, uh, 
it's also like for me, I remember being that kid in the 80s that every time my mum sat me down to my hair, it was always so much more painful. Than- oh, I think it's every kid, right? But yeah, yeah. the fact that a unicorn can replicate, well, obviously Bandit has heard uh, heard those cries of pain to be able to replicate it so uh, comprehensively in unicorn, I reckon. That's it. You get the horn. So he goes through this vast program of self-improvement, mm-hmm. um, much like, you know, in My Fair Lady or Pretty Woman or any of those um, <laughs> shows. And now we see him suited with a little tiny bow tie. His, his mane is plaited. He's looking pretty schmick. He's still trying to eat ticks. Um, but you know, that's shut down pretty quick by Bluey. Okay, you ready? Go and talk to mum. Okay, a quick tick for the road. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You cannot eat a tick in front of mum. You got that? Okay, yep, got it. You got that, dad? What's it got to do with me? Yeah, what's it got to do with him? And I feel like this is where kind of the tone changes actually, like in that moment. Yes. Yeah, this was the bit that got kind of deep for me, I think. Like, for me, this is starting to take it into, well, we've seen personal responsibility with Unicorse, like going through that process of taking yes. personal responsibility and trying to improve himself. But now we're sort of getting into this territory of, well, what's your responsibility and what is it that you shouldn't be held accountable as much for because maybe that's just what you were brought up with or being taught or oh, you, know, you, you okay. have outside yeah, right. Ah, that's so interesting. Yeah. So it's it's kind of another riff on parenting perhaps and how you've been parented as well. Perhaps <laughs> Yeah, I really felt like it kind of like it was it was that the girl. This is probably the Brene Brown sort of moments for me because they were quite sort of. It was a really nuanced conversation. I felt that it was opening up in such a simple way, but um, I really like watching it over and over again. It's just so subtle how the girls all of a sudden are like saying to Bandit, "Don't you make him do that?" Mm. Like, and holding Bandit accountable for Unicorse's actions rather than Unicorse, who's been held accountable for his actions until that point. Yeah. And, and I just think that dynamic shift, it not only shows like that self-awareness from the girls that, you know, that Bandit's the one sort of, you know, up till now it's been this game where they're focused on Unicorse and Bandit's kind of like this passive player. But then by bringing Bandit in as like, well, you're an influencer here and you can control his behaviour. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it went straight to parenting, you know, and, and you know, how often do we hold children accountable for their actions when maybe it's the parents that we should be holding accountable? And then I guess, you know, and how often are we holding people, people more generally accountable for their actions where sometimes there's external forces and invisible puppet sort of strings uh, yes, yeah. that maybe we can't see. Yeah, you could go. we could go very deep on this, Mary, and I'm, I'm prepared well, I, to. I feel like I'd – so that is a very – like that seems to be, yeah, very practical and something that kids could 
take away if they thought about it that yeah it isn't always a person a person who's ultimately responsible for you know the choices they're making there's a lot of other forces at play Mm. I went straight to the deep like is it fated in the stars how we behave do we actually have like control or is it all predestined or um, oh wow! So you but also well, but it design or is it chaos that we? Can uh, well, yeah. Look, and obviously it's chaos. It's parenting, but <laughs> um, but I, the reason I think I did that was because of a movie called Blade Runner, which <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like Joe Brum might be. <laughs> So I think we had this conversation over the phone the other day, but um, I remember watching Blade Runner in like year 11 literature and being utterly confused by the plot. I do know in saying that, that it's one of your husband Adrian's favourite movies yes. ever. So, right. and so, so maybe you should school me because I remember watching Harrison Ford and the first half I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. And then I was like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening now. This is very odd. It, I don't okay, know. Well, I've only seen it as a fully fledged grown up because uh, age made me watch it. But um, and yeah, look, it definitely took some weird twists and turns. But yeah, I'm sure most people know the basic plot. Like it's a post apocalyptic kind of thing. There are um, it's a Harrison society. Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Harrison Ford um is someone who can identify replicants which are people that look like humans but have actually been programmed by a malevolent kind of um uh government or whatever um and they live among the people and need to be brought in yeah so and they but the replicants think they're humans and think they've got control of themselves so it needs to be someone identifying them to say uh, actually, you're not one of them, and then they get deprogrammed. Um, but within the course of this, uh, within the course of Blade Runner, um, various characters are kind of questioning, well, actually, am I a replicant? And there's a key kind of recurring theme in Blade Runner of a unicorn being something that makes Harrison Ford's character think he might be a replicant. So... <laughs> Is Unicorse a unicorn because of Blade Runner? <laughs> Kate is not looking convinced here. <laughs> Hi! Oh, sorry, to, I mean, love, I didn't mean to scare you. That's okay. I've just stepped out of the shower and brushed my teeth <gasps> and I'm wondering, would you like to join me for some broccoli? Broccoli! Uh, I mean, broccoli. No, I'm like mind blown. I'm just like taking a beat to digest this. <laughs> well, and you know as what? You, I I think that you may be onto something, Mary, because I feel I don't know. I just feel it in my waters that that uh, maybe you are speaking program uh, language right look, now. All, all I have to go on is every '80s reference we've ever had in Bluey to date. <laughs> Of which there are many, and also the fact that Unicorse is a unicorn. 
Um, is it enough? I don't know. People are probably people who are very familiar with the film are probably still choking over my description of it, which is very uh, <laughs> layman's terms. But once you guys get over that, maybe just let us know if you think there's enough in there because I did Google Blade Runner and Unicorse, and yeah, zero hits. Disappointing. Damn it. Oh, I hate it when the Reddit chats aren't onto it. <laughs> I know, right? But, you know, this is why we, we go the extra mile for the people, Mary. Um, so we, we're having our romance, high romance moment where Unicorse, um, suited and booted, is going up to approach Chili. And he looks very cute. Um, and I think he makes a pretty good fist of it, really, to start. That is until... <laughs> And I love your little bow tie. Okay, yes, I'd love to. Oh my gosh! Yeah! Yeah! Wait, yeah. no! Come back! Yeah. Well, that could have gone a bit better. <laughs> he self sabotages. He really does. And and why do we self sabotage? Do we actually have control over that? Because it definitely feels like we don't. And can we blame Bandit every time? That is where. <laughs> So I've actually recently read a very good book which explained self-sabotage quite succinctly. Um, I don't know Ooh. if you've heard of Dr. Rebecca Ray, but no. um, she's a, like a clinical psychologist, but she's also on Instagram. She lives on Sunshine Coast and she's quite adorable. Um, and she's written some excellent books, one called Setting Boundaries, which is my regular like gift okay, to yes. uh young woman like a young professional woman it's a great book it's called setting boundaries um but she um on instagram posts a lot about self-sabotage and things and she says um when self-sabotage is when we spend more time doing the things that get in the way of what we need or want to be doing than on doing things that are important to us self-sabotage moves us away from being aligned with our values its purpose is to assist us in avoiding discomfort in the short term but in the long term that blocks us from who we truly want to be and then like her contention is basically that we can if we understand that process that our brains are trying to protect us all the time from feeling discomfort by you know doing what's generally good in the moment rather than Mm. term if we understand that dynamic then we can be like Thanks, brain. I know you're trying to keep me safe right now, but I'm choosing to go this high. Man, okay. Well, you've had your head explode moment for uh, the episode. Uh, Mine is exploding now as I'm just going through the long list of things that uh, (laughs) I can uh, relate to in my life uh, with that statement. But in the context of this episode, I feel like eating ticks is probably very in line with Unicorse's (laughs) values. So... (laughs) Is he self-sabotaging at all? (laughs) Dad! What? I'm sorry, kids. I couldn't help it. It's not your fault, Unicorse. Yeah, it's his. Me? Well, you know, if his longer-term goal is to to marry Chili, I mean, to be honest, Uh, it never stood a chance, really. But, but yes, it it did seem like uh, a real... A dirty bomb thrown in there by Bandit <laughs> to sort of, you know, just explode that uh, right, right at the crucial time. Uh, Chili's vomit face is a master of reanimation <laughs> in this episode as she sees him eat the tick. But Bandit's um, go-to 
what's it got to do with me kind of yeah. <laughs> like blameless face is also um, also an epic bit of uh, animation slash acting, I reckon. <laughs> Him? I don't understand. I'm the one who ate the tick. Yeah, of course, you're a puppet. He controls you. To me, this back and forth is is the peak of the episode as Bandit tries to convince the girls that he's not controlling unicorns. Yeah, and I think it throws it back, all those big questions that we were sort of working our way through earlier, Mary, right back into sharp focus, you know. Are we responsible for our own actions? Are there bigger forces at play? Is it fate or design, you know, just <laughs> luck and timing? Yeah. Um, you know, full and random universe, yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know, I've always loved that phrase, what was meant for me will never miss me, and what misses me was never meant for me. But, uh-huh. but you know, maybe that's just because, like you, I'm Catholic, and, <laughs> and I don't know, I kind sense. of I want, I want things to like have a higher design or purpose, I guess, but, um. Not everything does, so but you know I want to believe it does, but you know sometimes I question that too. So, um, is there a bandit pulling the strings? <laughs> we will we will one day find out. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure whatever's going on though, and all the factors going on, like bauxite. What a word to be throwing into a children's TV show. Like, See that makes the universe seem very <laughs> random and weird. <laughs> does like of all the words to pick it was such a geology word really wasn't it like I thought it was up there with uh Pat's we grew sorghum (laughs) (laughs) two things that kids absolutely do not know what they are unless unless you're on a farm growing sorghum or in a mine mining bauxite I guess (laughs) but uh hopefully no children are doing that um yeah for for people listening at home who are like what what when did they say bauxite and so when the girls are challenging Unicorse that he's separate from Bandit or sorry that he's that Bandit's controlling him say something the exact same time as him okay we'll say bauxite you ready ready bauxite bauxite See? Dad said it after. Oh, he was just late. Try again. Boxite. Boxite. <laughs> He's just mucking around. Uh, I thought that was quite audacious to be throwing in. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, look, the bandits' efforts are enough to convince Unicorse, oddly, but not the girls. And eventually we get to... What do you mean, look at my legs? They're just normal. <gasps> My life is a lie. And, yeah, uh, from look at my legs to my life is a lie. Um, Oh, my gosh. It's just such a crushing moment. (laughs) Mary, I think that was my line in the episode. My life is a lie. My life is a lie. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's so funny. Um, It's such a great line that I thought it must be a line from something. It definitely feels... Like it's been very memed over the years. And yeah. I thought of um the moment in the first Toy Story where um Yes, when Buzz realizes, when Buzz realizes you know, sees sees the commercial on TV for himself and um years of academy training wasted. But I 
I feel like there must be more. And I thought the Truman Show also actually might have had that line at the end where uh, Truman, the very much puppeteered character uh, in that 90s movie, realises uh, realizes what's going on behind the scenes. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't – I couldn't bring it to one movie that where my life is a lie is said. Did it yeah. really for you? Well, I did a Google and, like, it was an album name of an MGMT album. Um, there was a movie in, like, 2020. But, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't find the, like, the source the, material, the right? The <laughs> kind of moment, right? Like, but maybe it's Unicorn. <laughs> maybe we're about to see a whole plethora <laughs> of memes. said what we were all thinking yeah. all this time. Hi. Oh, well, this won't be awkward. What are you doing? Whatever he wants to do. Someone's feeling a bit sorry for themselves. Someone? You're a someone. I'm a no one. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm like you, I think, like, that moment of um, reckoning is one that most adults go through at one point in in their life to go oh, God, who am I and what am I doing and what are my values and all those sorts of big questions. I think that's what makes it so devastating for, <laughs> but why it feels so devastating for toys because, like, for for grown-ups, we know what that moment feels like, right? Like, the, when yes. you're kind of going, oh, God, you know, <clears throat> what am I doing? Yeah, do and I then, have any control here? Like it's such a yeah. parenting moment because often yes. no. <laughs> yes, um, and yeah, I think that's why, like, seeing Buzz go through that sort of identity crisis in Toy Story at the time probably felt so devastating because I wasn't like <laughs> I, w- I was old. I was a teenager when that movie came out, so you know <laughs> mm. everything was angsty anyway. Like no one understands me. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, and. One more thing. <gasps> and then <laughs> I'm feeling for Unicorn, but then it's it's almost salt in the wound from Bandit, but he does it in a very caring way that oh also well while we're doing big reveals. <laughs> here's the wedding photo. Uh, which I think was to remind everyone, oh yeah, don't feel too sorry for Unicorn. He was never gonna marry Chili. <laughs> It was nice to see their wedding photo, though, wasn't it? Oh, well, I think we have we touched on this before. People on the internet have put a side by side of Scott and Charlene's wedding photo from Neighbours. Oh no, uh, we have not talked photo. about this. Okay, well, uh, so that's a thing. Um, I don't. I think it was. I uh, can't remember. I don't think it was anyone from within Ludo who made the comparison. But um, yeah, there was kind of a still from the wedding episode of Neighbours when uh, Jason Donovan married Kylie Minogue or their characters did at any rate. Uh, And, yeah, just the way it was kind of lined up, uh, Jason Donovan obviously had a mullet. It was peak 80s. Uh, (laughs) Bandit has a bit of a mullet in this shot. Like they're both side by side. Maybe the dresses are like they're, they're both kind of very much posed the same way and the dress is a bit the same too. So we'll have to share that and, uh, yeah, that might have been the inspiration. Of course it's the inspiration, right? But uh, I don't think Bandit and Chili were getting married in the 80s, really, were they? <laughs> if there's ever going to be two iconic Australian couples, 
True. Scott and Charlene. Mm-hmm. Bandit and Chili. Exactly. To me, it makes sense. <laughs> Do you know there's an Australian band called Scott and Charlene's Wedding? Perhaps no. That's, that's uh, the kid band waiting to happen, Bandit and Chili's Wedding Party. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, in the Melbourne Museum, um, they've got they've got the original wedding cake from Neighbours in that kitchen. You open up the fridge in, like, the Neighbours kitchen. Wow. And and like it's preserved, but you can you can see that Scott and so Charlene's it's real cake. cake. It's not styrofoam. Oh, it might be styrofoam. I don't know, but yeah, I <laughs> you didn't try and have I a lick. <laughs> no, I would be having a lick. I mean, it was what was the wedding in like nineteen eighty five? Yeah, it was seems a while back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. Um, okay. So where are we? Well, look. So. Obviously, Unicorse is crushed. Uh, and it was a bit hard for me. Like, I struggled to interpret this next scene out on the deck as uh, Chili comes out to maybe give Unicorse a bit of sympathy. Uh, love Unicorse's line. Well, this won't be awkward. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's very applicable to daily life. Um, but, yeah, what did you make of Chili's kind of reassurance of unicorns that if you're not anyone you can be anyone everyone well who can you be what <laughs> it didn't really land for me to be honest mary like i is it about the transformational power of like letting go of control mm, like okay. you know like hand literally handing over control to something yeah. greater Mm. Um, and seeing where it takes you, like rather than trying to hold on to something so tightly that's not working. Um, okay, yeah. I like that. I don't know. I'm still haven't kind of got that. What? What? Do we, where were you going with it? <laughs> yeah. I'm, so, I, similar lines. I thought maybe it was about well, if you're not who you, you know, you're not who you thought you were it's like a permission to reinvent yourself kind of oh, thing like which yeah. i'm not sure it really lines up with the message of of puppets you ready go hey 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 what's going on wow this feels weird whoa this is amazing you know what's good about being no one what you're everyone Yeah, I, I guess it's all you've got is your own experience. Mm, mm. So there's no point worrying about what's happening out there. You've got to do what you can with your experience. Mm. Wonder what Unicorse is going to do with his experience. I do. <laughs> I do wonder. Um, uh, give Bluey really weird dreams, I think, is the answer <laughs> because, oh, my gosh, we still I'm, haven't got to the ultimate Ending yeah, of this and I this was the big surprise moment, wasn't it? Like I still remember, like my mind was a little bit blown when I first saw this. Whew, crazy day. Yeah. I've been thinking, how can you be sure you're not a puppet? <laughs> Don't be silly. Night, Unicorns. Night.
then it zooms back and it shows the animation process. So, you know, we're having that curtain revealed that, yes, Bluey is a puppet. You know, she's the product of someone else's imagination. And 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 um, I know Joe Brum spoke about the creative sort of effort that went into that mm. process as well. I think it was, was it two hours or something? He was uh, having to yeah, hold his hand on the Yes, and, and it is his hand, if uh, which he mentioned to us when we interviewed him. Um, yeah, so quite a process. So interesting to see what the program looks like, which is uh, so for the – Animate aspiring animators at home. It's called Cell Action, um, and yeah, the all the little layers that you add and how you move in the different hands and different face expressions and all that kind of thing. Like so cool, looked amazing. So, um, and I suppose like because well, that was like two hours in over a few seconds. Oh my god! And it, and it make and it makes you really realize the love and care that goes into every frame of blue because even joe when but you know he was saying how um it was pretty rough when he when he (laughs) finished it and then someone had to go back and clean it up for him because obviously holding in a funny angle but also yeah yeah, you can't you can't get everything done in two hours and if that's how much effort it takes just for like a second or two of bluey you can only imagine um, how much work goes into the whole thing. It's quite extraordinary, really. Um, Mind blown. But then are we puppets, like with some creator, with <laughs> their hands, like the hand of God coming in and guiding us? And, you know, uh, the philosophical avenues on this uh, endless. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe we've pretty much wrapped up this recap <laughs> in under an hour. <laughs> Yeah, I, know. I feel like we could talk for many more. So, um, Mary, I think my line was, my life is a lie, but did you have one for this episode? Um, I think actually it was a bingoism uh, that uh, snuck under the radar, but no one wants to eat broccoli except me. Oh, bingo. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Oh, she's <laughs> just everyone's dream red healer dog. Yes. Um, who's your most valuable player? That's really hard, actually. Unicorse. Mm, he makes peace with his role in the universe very uh, very well in the end, with a bit of help from Chili. You? Mm, I'm going to give it to Bandit, obviously, because he is Unicorse. But also, <laughs> but, um, I just, I, I would have almost given it to him solely for that. You know, the thing is, I do it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> that actually, yeah, that was my other line of the episode. It was so good. Great. Um. <laughs> We haven't talked about music in this episode. There is actually. (laughs) No. So um, for most of the episode, we actually see um, the the music being used um, just like we've got a granny's theme, we now have a unicorn theme. So it's that same riff. It's almost sort of like a galloping kind of Mm. 4-4, like quite clip-cloppy and rhythmic. Um, sort of repeating section and that was what we originally saw in Unicorse. Um, but when there's the big reveal of, you know, like when Bluey and Bingo are trying to convince Unicorse that actually he's being controlled by Dad, that yep. there's just, and it's quite rare in Bluey, but there's quite a prolonged period where 
there's no sound like music backing. Oh, wow, yeah. And I really feel that that's so clever because, as always, there's this beautiful sort of bird song that you can Mm -hmm. hear in the background and it just gives it this space to really be in that moment, you know, mm, that yeah. of anything else. And and it's almost replicates, you know, like Unicorse is kind of going through this reckoning and because there's that void in the music as well, which is quite unusual for Bluey, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it just really highlights that and the sort of – that sort of that deepness of the moment as well. Oh, man. So, yeah. space for us to ask all our questions. Yeah. (laughs) I I thought that was really good. And then then it sort of comes in with like some lovely guitars and things to kind of round it out. But the the moment that I really wanted to talk about was when um, we get that zoom back and Joe Brum's hand coming in doing the animation. Mm Mm-hmm. Just like the layers of work that go into Bluey, Joff Bush has created this incredible little piece of music um, which has so many intricate layers upon layers of um, music building into this quite big sort of rounded out finale. starts off with just like a few notes and if you listen to it, it really does build. And yes. It's, and, and each layer is more complex as well. So the first layer is just a few notes and then a few more notes on top. But by the time we get to the end, it's, it's this beautiful – like really rounded feeling of completeness. Or Joff Bush, I think, he said, music is most – so, you know, in our Instagram with Joff, give him a follow on Instagram if you like him. Um, he said that the return of Unicorse music was mostly just that annoying Unicorse theme, but he tried to develop it into something a little bit less annoying throughout. And you can mm-hmm. actually see that, um, like, it becomes a bit gentler throughout as a Unicorn's going through his transformation. The music does sort of change from being quite brash to being a bit smoother and less jolty. Yes. Um, and then – he describes the ending as a big contrapuntally fan fairy thing. <laughs> so right. I know my um, description wasn't great, but yeah, int- contrapuntally fan fairy thing is the official description from uh, the maestro himself. So yes. I do not even know what that means, but I am impressed. Well, contrapuntal <laughs> is, um, so yeah, I sort of explained that for the non-music people, but um, it's when you have a melody uh-huh. and then you write another melody, which is really different, but it matches in much like the cream and the biscuit of an Oreo. They're very different, but they work together. Ah, uh, now I like- understand. Great explaining. Uh, <laughs> great recap. Uh, do we know the meaning of life yet? Like, <laughs> I feel like we're closer <laughs> after this episode. That's for sure. Um, 
I have one really quick mailbag shout out because oh, uh, Ava in the UK loves listening to our podcast and falls asleep to it nearly every night and she is 10. So perhaps she knows the answers to all the questions we've debated in this episode. But uh, yes, uh, she happily admits to having a true bluey addiction and particularly loves the episodes Grannies and Bus, so it has excellent taste, obviously. Very much so, yes. Oh, yeah. So, hi, Ava. Um, If you want to say hi, you totally should on our socials. It's at BlueyPod, Insta and Facebook, at BlueyPodcast on Twitter. You can email us, like amazing Ava, uh, BlueyPod at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, Tell us the theory of what puppets means. All the meaning of life. <laughs> All of them. Yeah, or both. Simpler. We would take that, really. <laughs> um, Mary Bolling, it's been such a pleasure to see you and I'm very glad that we're back in the wagon yet again. Um, yeah. Until next time, it's, it's got to be done. Bye. Bye. Listen, Unicorns, no one wants to eat broccoli except me.